the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. How passionate are you for the Lord's house? Let's talk about that next on Times of Refreshing. Are you a Christian? Are you excited about it? Are you zealous about it? And what does that word really mean, zealous, to be zealous for something? Well, we're talking about that here today on Times of Refreshing from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. Our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman, takes us to the book of John, chapter 2, verses 13 through 17. It's there that Jesus cleanses the temple, and it's said that zeal for my house has consumed me. So what does that mean? Well, that's what we're talking about here today on Times of Refreshing. Join us. Here's Pastor Napoleon Kaufman with today's program. We see this here in verse 13. Now the, Passover of, of, now the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And he found in the temple those who sold oxen and sheep and doves and the money changers doing business. When he had made a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep, the oxen, and poured out the changers' money and overturned the tables. And he said to those who sold doves, Take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. Then his disciples remembered that it was written, Zeal for your house has eaten me up. Zeal for your, for your house has eaten me up. So the Jews answered and said to him, What sign do you show us? Since you do these things, I want to read verse 16 to 18 one more time. Then he said to those who sold doves, take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. Then his disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house has eaten me up. So the Jews answered and said to him, what sign do you show us? Do you show to us since you do these things? Now, in the Bible, we see on two occasions Jesus did this. He went into the temple and he drove out the money changers and those that sold oxen and doves, those who were merchandising within the house of God. And he did this in the beginning of his ministry. And we see this here in John chapter 2. This was the first, the first time that he went in, which was in the very beginning of his ministry. But then also in Luke chapter 19, we see at the end of the ministry, as he has as the, the triumph, triumphant um the triumphant entry is taking place. We see him entering into Jerusalem at the end of his ministry, and he does the same thing. He goes into the temple, and he drives out the, the money changers. Now, we see here from this particular verse that it was this, his zeal for the, his father's house that caused him to do this. His passion for his father's house. And when we're dealing with zeal, we're dealing with someone who becomes hot within, who is fervent in spirit, a person who is passionate or is, 
has a godly jealousy towards something. When we're thinking about zeal in a good sense, we're thinking about being, having a boiling up within, being fervent in spirit, having a passion, a passion about something, and having really a godly jealousy over things. Now, we, we know that there's, there's a good zeal, and then there's also a bad zeal. Bad zeal in an evil sense means envy and jealousy and anger. It's a whole, different, a whole different motivation and desire within and a whole different source. But in this case, we see that Jesus Christ had a true zeal for this father's house. And that's why in the beginning of his ministry, he enters in, he drives out the money changers. At the end of his ministry, he does the same thing. We see that his motivation is zeal. He began to be passionate. He was passionate about God's interest. And I think that this is something that we need back in the house of God. A lot of times when we're thinking about the house of God, about church, about those things that pertain to God's interest, we don't have a zeal and a passion that we should. Now, we have a passion and a zeal for things that we like and the things that, that are on our agenda, most people do. But I believe that God is raising up a people who are developing a passion for God's interest. Those things that mean something to God, they begin to take on themselves and, and begin to receive God's burden for them. God wants us to have a passion for the things that he is passionate about. He wants us to have a zeal for the things that he is zealous about. He wants us to have a godly jealousy for his business, those things that are on his heart. And, and, and I think that God is really stirring up people in this last day because a lot of times we've looked at the church, we've looked at situations, and, and, and we made church and Christianity self-driven. We've, we've taken people's interests over God's interests, but I believe that God is restoring a zeal for his house back into the church. How many believe that that's the truth? God, this is what God is, wants to do. He wants to teach us to be passionate about the things that he is passionate about. And, and we have to ask ourselves, when we're thinking about church, when we're thinking about the community of God, we're thinking about God, do, do, or do we really have a passion for the things that he has a passion for? Do, do we really look at things and say, we're not going to let this happen. This is God's business. I, I want to make sure that God's interests are being taken care of and that his purposes are established in the earth. This, this has to be something that really, that, that fuels us, that we get fervent in our spirit about, that we start to boil over. And this is what Jesus had. He had a passion for God's passions. He had a passion for his father's passions. And for us, we want to get this in our heart. I believe that a lot of individuals' lives are not successful and they're not what they should be because they're so consumed with their interests, they're not consumed with God's interests. But God said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness and all of these other things will be added to. When we put God's agenda first, we have a zeal for what he's zealous for. We have a jealousy of, 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 for, over the things that, he's, that, that are in his hands. What happens is God begins to bless us and propel us when we get consumed with his passions. And God wants us to have this. He wants us to have this. A lot of times we're thinking about our own house, but we're not thinking about his house. We're thinking about our own house, but we're not thinking about his house. And so in the scripture, we see that in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 6, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 17, that the Bible calls the church of the living God, the household of God. It calls the church the house of God, that we are the house 
of God, that God is building us, he's constructing us. We have become a spiritual house for God. God does not dwell in temples made with hands. He dwells in his creation, that which he has created, and he wants to build, put us together so that we become a holy habitation, the very house of God. Now, we see in this particular verse that he was talking about a little temple. But when Jesus rose from the dead, he established a new order and he gave us insight to his new passion, which is the house of God, that which he is building. And then also the Bible calls us the temple of the living God in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. And then also in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16, it calls us the temple of God. That we together become the temple of God. And then in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 it says your body is the temple of God. So God's not just, he's not so consumed about buildings as much as he is consumed about, concerned about you. He's concerned about us as people. His household and he's zealous for us. He's passionate about us. He has a, he's, he's fervent about it. He, he wants us to be made like him, and he wants to construct a habitation that, that he can dwell and abide in, and, and it is us, his people. And so we want to make sure that we begin to develop a passion for the things that he is passionate about. And this is what Jesus did. He had a passion for that which was God's passion. Do you have a passion for, for God's passions? Those things that are on his agenda. If God says that the church is his household, do you have a passion for the house of God? Do you have a passion for the church? Do we have a passion for those things that God is passionate about? In verse 13 on down to 16, we see something here. It says in verse 16, And he said to those who sow doves, Take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. And so the accusation against those who were over the temple was that they were making the temple the house of God. They were making it a house of merchandise. This was the accusation. And I believe in the New Testament church, the same accusation, it it, it can be levied against the church. That the church has become a place of commerce and business And it is losing the essence of what it was truly created to be. And God, I believe, is trying to restore in our hearts and in our minds the true purpose for the church of God. And what happened here is we we have individuals who, who were brought into this temple. And they looked at the place as a place of opportunity. They looked at a at the place as a place of big business. They looked at the temple as a place in which they can make some money, if you will, or establish their own agenda and their own desires. And I believe this is what's happening in the church. And God, God is trying to raise up people that are zealous for the house of God so that these things can change, that that no longer the testimony would be the house of God would be a place of business. And and this is important because we know that there is a certain business aspect to pastoring a church or being involved in ministry we we know that that we have to take care of our business but the church should never be looked at as a place of merchandising and in fact this word when you look at this word the picture was an individual who was a traveler who would go forth from place to place get involved so that he could sell or she could sell those things that 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 uh that she had made, that she had created, that it was a place where a, per, a traveler would go to, to, to do business and commerce. 
believers. And, and for us, we want God to free us from this because this is what happens in the household of God. People, not only people that are from the, on the pulpit, but people that are in the pews. Generally, people, if you watch this in church, people will come and they're coming with their agenda. They're coming to, 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 to make their lives a little better by taking advantage, if you will, of others and we have to watch this and i believe that this is one of the main reasons why a lot of people are tired of going to church they have a hard time with preachers they have a hard time with christians because in a lot of ways people have become so self-driven that they have that the church has lost the true the true essence of what it was created to be a place where you come to give and not just receive a place where i come as someone who is coming in humility to give my life for God and for God's people, not just what can I get out of it. And so we have individuals who are looking around and they're looking for opportunity in the house of God. We have preachers that are looking for opportunity. How can I make some money by preaching? And, and this is one of the things that has always disturbed me about preaching. is when people, they, they, they have a tendency. And then this is, now let me just say this. I want to say this because I have a hard time with this sometimes. If I pray and I ask God, someone sends me an invitation. Bam, it's on my desk. And I pray and I ask God, Lord, do you want me to go to this place? Do you want me to go to this place? Do you really want me to preach at this place? Is this the place you want me to preach at? God says, I want you to go there. I want you to go there. What they give me as an offering doesn't matter to me anymore. Why? Because now I understand that I'm coming and I have been sent on an assignment from God. So whether they put $20 in my hand, $50 in my hand, $100 in my hand, it doesn't matter to me. All I know is that God said, I want you to go. If he didn't say, I want you to go, I have no business going. Once I get that, I trust that God will reward me for my obedience. So if he rewards me with $200, praise the Lord. If he rewards me with $5,000, praise the Lord. But I have no right. Now listen, I want to say this. I want to say this to every preacher, every minister in this church, because this is how we do this here. If, if, if I come and they sent me the letter and I send back and I say, well, I'll come, but you got to give me $2,000. I have just stepped over a line. Because the, 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 the deal is this, that God tell me to go. I've gone to churches, sometimes they give me $3,000, sometimes they give me $200. But whatever I get, I give God the glory, Lord, I thank you. But if, if when I begin to put a demand on them that I only come if you do, if you give me X, Y, Z. Now we've crossed over the line. And I believe this is what happens within the body of Christ because as ministers, listen to me now, as, as ministers, as people in the house of God, we have to stop thinking about ourselves. And, and Jesus was zealous for the Lord's house because people had come in and they had started to merchandise the anointing. They became merchandisers. And they were thinking about money. They were thinking about selling doves. They were thinking about selling oxen. They were thinking about selling things and making money. And then the, the true essence of what the temple was created for was lost because of people's selfish desires. 
And I think that when we're thinking about Christianity, we're thinking about church, God wants to restore in our hearts a passion for coming to the house of God and just coming to give of ourselves, to worship God, to lay down our lives. And God, in the midst of this, I know that you're going to bless me, but I want to do the first thing first. And that is, I want to come and I want to present myself to you as an open book, as an open vessel. And so now we have individuals, and I want to hammer this home today, we have individuals that are preaching the gospel, and they are are lying to the people, making empty promises about how much money you'll get if you just give this offering, if you give that offering, and if you do this, if you do that, if you do this, if you do that, and, and, and most of it has to do with money being sent to them to put in their pocket. And this has to stop in the body of Christ. And we have to lift up our eyes and see that God does not want the church to become a place of merchandise. And I'm going to show you what it is designed for. But all of us, we want to get this here. And what I mean by merchandise also is it's not just a place where I can show off my gifts and talents. Because sometimes God will have us in a season where he doesn't want us to say or do anything. And we have the purpose in our heart that, you know what, I'm, I'm just here for God. I'm not, I'm not here just to, I, can, I have gifts, I have talents, and I praise God for that. But if God wanted me to sit here for a year, I'm willing to do it and just come and worship him. How many people have that kind of mindset about the house of God and the zeal for God? That God, even if you didn't want, God, I'll sit here for the next. I tell you guys, if God told me to stop preaching right now, I'd stop preaching, raise my family, love my wife, and I would, I would read my Bible and seek the face of God and do what God is asking me to do. Because the bottom line, the goal isn't for me to come in and, and, and you know, show off my giftedness. The house of God isn't just made for that. First and foremost, it's not made for that. But people come and they have a merchandise mentality. It starts from the pulpit, in the pews, all over. But Jesus had a zeal for, for, for his father's house and he dealt with this. He did not want, want his father's house to become a, a house of big business, of just merchandise. How can I get my books out? How can I get my tapes out? Now, selling books, tapes is good. But if, if this is the thing I'm thinking about all the time is how can I get my books and tapes in the name of just trying to bless people? It's quiet in here. But I want to hammer this home because we want to make sure we want to get this right. I want to get my books and tapes. We praise God for all that stuff. But the bottom line is that's not what this is all about. And Jesus had a passion in the beginning of his ministry he went into the temple and he drove out those who were doing big business. Luke chapter 19, verse 45 to 48. Let's turn there. The triumphant entry has just taken place. Jesus is in Jerusalem. He gets there. The crowds are cheering. Things are going on. They're, they're, they're singing Hosanna. They're praising him. They're doing all these things. And in verse 45... We see that after Jesus weeps over Jerusalem, as he enters in to the city, in verse 45, he cleanses the temple again. Then he went into the temple and began to drive out those who bought and sold in it, saying to them, it is written, my house is a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. And he was teaching daily in the temple, but the chief priests, the scribes, and the leaders of the people sought to destroy him and were unable to do anything for all the people were very attentive to hear him. And so we see here that God, 
that the Lord Jesus Christ comes in at the end of his ministry and he does the same thing. He, he says, listen, things still haven't changed. This, this still has been, it's still, it's a den of thieves. And for, for me, this is one of the things that I want to see happen in the church again. I want to see integrity restored back to the house of God. Where people, when they, look up the, when they look up at the pulpit, when they look up at the worship team, that they see integrity, they see honor, they see people who are just coming to give their life to God and not people who are trying to come and perform and make money for themselves and, and try to, you know, establish big business and try to blow up, you know what I'm saying, have ministry all over the world. They're not looking at people like that. When you see there's a, there's a trust that's been regained to the, the pulpit, but at the same time, when the, when the pastor looks out and those that are up here preaching, and te- when they look out, they see people who are sincere in their faith, and they are not people that have come just to get what they can get. They've come to give their lives to God and to give everything they are for the things of God. And this is how it should look in the house of God. When you look up at the pulpit, you should see sincerity and truth. When the pulpit looks down on the people, it doesn't see people who are trying to, oh, this person's trying to. It sees people who are full of sincerity and truth. And I believe this is what God is trying to restore. And Jesus Christ, when he looked at his father's house, he became zealous for his house. And every single one, we have to receive this, the zeal of the Lord for the things that are his passion again. And one is the church of the living God. That when we look at the church of the living God, we're zealous. And we say, God, I want your passion for what you have a passion for. I want this. Because it is the zeal that causes us to stand up and do something. And this is what I really wanted to get to. Because Jesus, he was zealous, but his zeal caused him to act. His zeal caused him to act. And there were four things that he, that, that, were, that were clear about this, these two situations that I want to highlight. And they are going to help us to make sure that our church goes in the right direction. We develop a zeal for God and our zeal causes us to act. There are four things that are necessary and we see them here. The first thing that we see here in this passage of scripture is found in verse 45. And this is what Jesus did. Because we can't just look at a situation and say, well, you know, I love God. I'm zealous for God. And just stand there and do nothing. The first thing that we, that we see that Jesus does in verse 45, it says, Then he went into the temple and began to drive out those who bought and sold in it. And the first thing that we have to learn to do is to drive things out. Now, this may sound, this may sound a little you know, forceful. I may be a little aggressive this morning, but I am on purpose because a lot of times we've sat back for years and watched things go on in our own churches. We've sat back and watched things go on on television. We've sat back and watched things go on. And people have just said, well, the Lord will clean it up. The Lord will handle it. The Lord will take care of it. You know, I know that there, I know that there are, you know, they're fornicating on the worship team. But, you know, the Lord will help them, you know, just, just, no. God has committed the church. He said he is committed to church. He has given us responsibility within the church. And the first thing that he did was he drove things out. And I believe this is what God wants us to do. Is to have a passion that when we see things that are out of order, see things that are contrary to God's passion, when we're looking at the church, look at Jesus stood up and he began to drive things out. 
drive things out. And, I, and that's why I say for some people, through the preaching, through the teaching, through the ministry that goes forth, if a person comes to this church and they don't want to do what's right, they shouldn't feel comfortable in the pews. I don't want people to feel comfortable that, 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 that come to the church and have an agenda. There should be something in the atmosphere that helps to drive things out. And I believe that all of us in this room, it's one thing for me to stand up and to preach something. It's another thing for the person that is sitting right next to you to have a high standard and, and to say, you know what, I'm not going to let this happen in my church. And you're listening to Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. As we close out our time together today, we invite you to reach out to us. Let us know that you're listening, and this program is encouraging you on a daily basis. We'd love to hear from you. Now, there's a couple of ways you can reach out to us. By phone, of course, and that number is 925-292-7800. Again, 925-292-7800. Or write to us, Times of Refreshing, 2333 Neeson Drive. Livermore, California. The zip code is 94551. And obviously, you're welcome to join us on our website, thewellchurch.net. That's thewellchurch.net, and you can email us from that website as well. Now, as you visit our website, we do have other resource materials available, our online store, past sermons are available, as well as a COVID-19 update. While we would normally invite you to join us here on campus for worship services, at least until May 1st, we're not able to do that. So what we would invite you to do is join us online. Now, there are three ways you can do that. You can either visit our church app, and if you don't have that on your smartphone or your tablet, you're more than welcome to visit your favorite store and download it for free. Or go to our website, again, thewellchurch.net. Or visit our YouTube channel for our weekly message at 10.30 in the morning. Pastor Napoleon will share a message from the Lord just like he used to with his program, Hope of Glory. And remember to be faithful during this challenging time with your giving. You can give online through our website, through the church app, or by mail to the church office. And we're praying and standing on His truth during this time and remembering God is in control. For God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Thank you again for spending time with us here today on Times of Refreshing. Until next time, God bless. 